0: Make sure that that is clearly defined and that your goals align with your values and your mission as a company. And then it will not feel like work. It'll feel like something you're happy to do and it'll make sense and it will be invigorating.
1: Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, a podcast where I talk to founders and investors and retailers about what it takes to launch successful brands from developing a compelling proposition and brand identity, to raising capital, to getting distribution, and more. My name is Christy Bridges, and I'm a marketing expert with tons of experience and a true love for all things health and wellness. Welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. I'm really excited today because I have an awesome guest. Her name is Kimmy Wernley, and she is the president and owner of Crazy Richard's Peanut Butter. Welcome to the podcast, Kimmy. Thanks, Christy. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to be chatting with you. Can you just start by giving us a little bit of background on
0: Crazy Richards and talk about your involvement? Sure. I'll try to keep it little because there is so much to say about Crazy Richards. I just I love our company. I love peanut butter. I am just a girl who has always loved peanut butter. I like to joke that my veins actually run with peanut butter because I'm so obsessed with it, which is kind of crazy, but it's a great product to be in love with, especially a natural clean product like Crazy Richards. We're a family owned business. We have been for years. I have taken over the company from my father and his name actually is Richard. Everyone wants to know. He wasn't the original Richard that started the company. There was a first Richard and then my dad was the second Richard. And now it's me, Kimmy, and I guess I should have also been named Richard, but I'm, I'm not. So, well. have, have. Okay. so who was the first Richard? Richard Marcus, he started a company in Pennsylvania. We're based in Columbus, Ohio. So we're neighboring states. And my father purchased two different natural peanut butter companies. One was named Crema, which was here in Columbus, Ohio. And the other one was Crazy Richards from Pennsylvania. And he was running them both um, tandem simultaneously. And then when I took over, I decided we just needed to merge them into one company to not be so confusing for our consumers and obviously online. It just made more sense. And the name Crazy Richards was a lot more fun and memorable. And so we decided to go with that. Well, we did some research, of course, but we went with Crazy Richards. And so now we are DBA, Crazy Richards, peanut butter. So total coincidence that both their names were Richard. <laughs> yes. Yes, but I mean, that just makes the story more crazy and fun, I guess, right? (laughs) It is a crazy, fun story. Yes. So when did you take over? I think it's been about seven years. I had been involved my whole life. I was a little kid when my dad first purchased Crema, and we had a storefront where we actually manufactured the peanut butter ourselves. Kind of a fun fact, we used an old sausage grinder to grind up peanuts to make it into peanut butter, which was so funny. We would run it through the ground. Once for crunchy and twice for creamy. So that was our secret recipe. And a secret is not really a secret anymore because we basically haven't changed anything. We have better equipment now, but it's the same kind of process. It's just amazing US grown sustainable peanuts. That's it. No added sugars, salts, fillers, other oils, or stabilizers. It's just starting with a high quality peanut and you get a great product.
1: That's incredible. That's amazing that you're still doing it that way. And what a cool way to start like grinding through a meat grinder. I love it. Like what's more pure than that? There's
0: nothing you can even put in there. Right, exactly. Yep. It was really fun. And it was a really great experience for me as a kid to be around this process and to be kind of involved in watching how my mom and my dad were doing this together. And they had this little storefront. So I have one sister, my sister and I, we spent our weekends down there and all of our holidays, and we would learn how to do all kinds of things. We swept the floors, of course, and did lots of mopping. And then as I got older, I got to practice driving a forklift, all the things that you're not allowed to do right now. I would not let my children drive the forklift in the warehouse, but I had so much fun driving that forklift around. The other things that I really enjoyed were working in the store and talking to customers. And I learned that that was kind of a fun passion of mine that I could upsell a customer. Hey, you should buy two jars. You should buy this also. And I learned how to run a cash machine in the cash register. And that was, you know, math homework right there. It was just a really good experience overall and that hands-on kind of business building that I feel like really set that foundation for me and helped garner and encourage this love of peanuts and peanut butter and sharing my message with everyone.
1: So when you had the store, were you only selling peanut butter in jars, like, or were you selling peanut butter things, peanut butter sandwiches,
0: stuff like that? Yeah. We had a bunch of other nuts and nut butters and other items that were candies, especially. And my mom kind of kept going with that. And she ended up starting her own candy company and selling lots of candy. And my dad went with the natural nut butters, which is so funny because they're kind of paradoxical, right? Like, I feel like I had this identity crisis as a child, right? My mom is saying, try chocolate, try candies. These are so delicious. And my dad is saying, hey, I have all these healthy nut butters that are so delicious and good for you. So my sister and I, we just love to tease them about how we have had such a hard time in our lives figuring out who we are because... Our parents were so opposite, but it was, it, it was such a fun, hilarious kind of childhood and it worked out great. And, and my heart was always in the peanut butter. And so I'm glad that that's the path that I chose to stay. So talk about
1: taking over the company. What was that like for you? And what, you know, why two different brands
0: at the beginning? Okay. That's an interesting story. Two different brands because this was years ago. And as people know today, slotting fees are so expensive and it's very hard to break into a new market with a new product. And that hasn't changed, right? That's how it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago with foods. And that's how it still is. So sometime in the eighties is when my father purchased Crema. And a few years later, he purchased Crazy Richard's peanut butter company. And the reasoning behind that was it was hard for him to figure out how to get Crema into new markets. He had gotten it into one market. We started in Columbus. Kroger was his first main account, his biggest retailer that brought him on. And shortly thereafter, Myers, which is up in Michigan, so close to us in the Midwest. And then as he tried to shift out West, most grocery retailers said, you know, I already have one natural peanut butter on the shelf. I don't need more than one. Why would I need a second natural peanut butter? So my father realized that the smart thing to do was instead of co- trying to compete with this second natural peanut butter was to just purchase this other company. And Crazy Richards, he wanted to sell. The man Richard Marcus that had started Crazy Richards was ready to sell his business. So my father purchased Crazy Richards and then started fulfilling both of them at the same time, which that just kind of circumnavigated the problem of paying for a slotting fee and getting new customers and awareness. And he didn't have to do any marketing. He didn't even have to try. He just got a product on the shelf that wow. already had customers. Yeah. He did change the recipe a little bit because he just went to the clean, 100% all natural, no added peanut butter. And I think that Richard Marcus, Crazy Richard's, originally was the same way, but they used maybe a different type or variety of peanuts, so the flavor profile changed a little bit. But he got tons of good letters. This was back in the day of letters, letters from customers who said, we love this new peanut butter. It's so delicious. We're so excited. So he was able to just sell both of the brands at the same time. And then his plan was to continue expanding and purchasing other natural local or regional products, but was unable to ever do that. So we just are, have the two brands, which was great. It was probably just enough for him to manage without having to spend a lot on a big marketing budget. So
1: then you took over and combined. Talk about that a little bit because that makes total sense when you hear it. I mean, why? And I imagine that given what you said about the change of the formula, they were the same
0: peanut butter for all intents and purposes, yeah? Exactly. It just was a different label on the outside of the car. That was the only thing that was different. But having the two different labels with the same product inside, there was more complications than as we grew, it just became more difficult to kind of of figure out with logistics and shipping. And sometimes the warehouse that we would be holding our product in, we didn't have our own warehouse at the time. And so we were really dependent on them being particular and computers were still, well, this wasn't that long ago, we still had a lot of problems. Really, we did. Even just 10 years ago, we would still end up with the wrong shipments being delivered or picked up. And also, if you're running labels and you're buying a lot of labels, the price of labels goes down when you're buying more. So since we were ordering four different labels for two products, we were paying more than if we could get our margins down, right? If just our cost of goods would decrease by the simplification. So it wasn't such a simple process, because we did have to try and first of all, convince our retailers that we're already selling our products that they needed to switch. For instance, Kroger, who was our biggest account at the time, and had been for ever since we had really started, they had been selling Crema peanut butter for over 20 years. And now we wanted them to change and change it in their system and change it on the Nielsen data. Everything needed to be adjusted. All of the SKUs and the tags were switching to a different product. They were not excited about that idea at first. They felt that they had customers that were looking for Crema and that they would lose some in the mix. And we did, Christy, we did. We lost some customers who just didn't know, who were unaware and we tried our hardest to put out marketing campaigns, to send out emails, to jump on social media. And we had a lot of signage in the stores, especially Kroger and Meyer, making sure that we had signage that was right at the shelf that said, Hey, this is the same company, you know, new jar, same product. But we did see initially which was scary. We saw a dip in sales as the retailers that were selling Crema were trying to sell out the remainder of their product before bringing in Crazy Richards. And that was kind of nerve wracking there for a while. But we eventually, it didn't actually take that long. By the end of the year, we were able to get Crazy Richards moved into all of those locations and switched over. And honestly, I would say that Walmart was one of the first ones that said yes to us. No problem. We'll switch over to Crazy Richards. They had actually been selling both brand names, which is so funny, but Walmart kind of does comparison data and, or like in each market, they'll sell the comparable product right in their stores. So they were already selling both of ours. And when we asked them to switch, they said they would make the switch. And once they switched, then pretty much everybody else said, okay, yeah, we'll switch too.
1: That's so interesting because, I mean, just to pause for a second, to get two different brands of the same thing into Walmart is quite a feat in and of itself, right?
0: It oh, really that's is true. Christy, yeah. I have a funny story about Walmart, if you want to hear. I do. So at first, when I was first you know, talking with my dad years ago, when I was in high school, my dad would always say, well, I could never sell to Walmart because I don't think I could afford it. I don't think we could afford to sell to them. So he had never even tried, had never knocked on the door or even submitted to Walmart. And then one day he was literally on the golf course and someone called and said, hi, this is so-and-so from Walmart. I want to talk to you about your peanut butter. And my father thought it was a joke and he hung up on him and the guy called back, the sales rep, he called back and he said, hi, Mr. Songson, I'm serious. I actually would like to talk to you. I'm really from Walmart. That's, that hardly ever, I mean, you know how rare that is. That, that doesn't happen is. these days. That Not doesn't really. happen these days. Well, I mean, it might happen, I guess, if you have a product that has really good sales data. And so yeah. we had never tried to sell to Walmart, but our sales numbers were in all of their competing markets and they oh, could wow. see that and they saw that they were missing out on a piece of the pie, right? And natural foods at the time also had really been increasing. Yep. And so that was a really interesting you know, connection drum that we had to go in. Okay. Now how do we make it work so that we can sell to Walmart? And they've been, actually, they've been a great partner for us for a lot of years too. I mean, that says a lot about the
1: brand strength because you have to keep your velocities up there because they really do make sure that that's happening or else out you go. So I think that's a pretty amazing testament to the brand itself. That is true. They're very yeah. strict. But there's yeah. a lot
0: of benefits too, right? Yeah, so, of course, okay. of course. Online yeah. processes. Yeah. So there's benefits, yeah. but you have to hold up your end of the bargain. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. what's your distribution like? I mean, it sounds like it's national. Correct. Yes. So we're sold nationally through Walmart's and Kroger retailers and they're different chains. And then we have a couple other accounts out West, but we're a little bit more spotty out there. We just got into Winco and we just got into Sprouts, but on the East coast and the Midwest, we're in most of the other major retailers, the Giants and Publix and most everybody else.
1: And what about your direct to consumer online business? Do you have that
0: as well? We do. But Christy, I feel like that's a little bit tricky because peanut butter is heavy. And so shipping prices are so high. And I honestly have a hard time selling a jar of peanut butter, even if it's only a $3 or $4 jar up front and charging a consumer $9 to ship it to them. And I'm not making that money. The shipping company is making that Yeah. I, just, I just have a hard time with that. I mean, part of our mission at Crazy Riches is to provide a great, high quality product at a price that everyone can afford, or at least a price that's accessible to most. Mm-hmm. And $9 for shipping a jar of peanut butter is not affordable or accessible. And I just I have a really hard time with it. So on our website, we try to tell people go to the grocery stores. We're mm-hmm. in so many retailers. You yeah. can order through them or do their pickup or their delivery programs. Yeah. Yeah. And you can order order on Amazon, but the same thing goes with a high shipping cost. Now, if you're ordering a case or a couple cases, then yeah, your shipping costs, price per ounce is going to really decrease. Yeah. It, that is different, but that, you know, one or two jars, it's just, to me, this is not a product that you're spending, you know, $50 on. So you're willing to pay the shipping price. Yeah. This is a couple dollars and peanut butter should not be $15 a jar or $10 a jar. I mean, that just makes me want to gag. It just is not, it should not be that high, but I understand that with freight that is so high right now, especially right now, and it's just been increasing that we're getting squeezed. The manufacturer's in the middle and I sympathize with uh, other brands on the shelf. We are being squeezed on both ends, squeezed from the shipping and the manufacturing and squeezed from the retailers on the other end. It's it's a tough spot. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about some of the challenges you guys are facing right now as a brand post COVID. I mean, COVID was a a weird time and sort of not sure completely.
0: Yeah. COVID started off with a huge bang for Crazy Richards. We sold a lot of peanut butter initially. The first two months, that month of March and April, our sales were sky high. And most of those sales were actually through Amazon and our own website. People that were afraid maybe to leave their house and they were ordering a lot of Food and peanut butter, as you know, is this amazing long shelf life, great source of protein, affordable. Such a good staple. Yes. It really is. It is the staple in the American kitchen. And it's also a staple in food banks across the country. It's the number one most requested item. So we just know that people are looking for peanut butter. It's a comfort food. And we ended up selling a lot of product. And fortunately, we were able to keep up with demand because we had amazing. (laughs) It was amazing so many people couldn't keep up with them. Yeah, Yeah, it was really tough. But because we are a family owned business, we only had our family members come into our warehouse. And we brought all of our kids and all of my cousins and their kids. And we were the ones who were fulfilling all of the orders. that's That's a cool story. It was cool. I mean, they were all out of school. And, you know, it was a really good life lesson. Hey, guess what? People are scared right now and people are looking for food, and we've got it. We've got a whole warehouse full of it. So let's fill these orders and work together. And we can be safe, you know, in our own way as a family. And we were able to, I think that all of the kids really felt a sense of pride and they were able to help in this crisis in a way. So it was a great opportunity for a teaching opportunity as a parent.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. I'm yeah. sure they got so, I mean, they will never forget that it'll stay with them. That's really cool. I mean, I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. And interesting. yeah interesting.
1: And how about now? How are you guys, how has it been since then? I mean, I know that for a lot of brands post COVID, I mean, obviously the DTC business dropped off a cliff once people started going back to the
0: store, but you guys were mostly a, a grocery brand anyway. So how's Hacking. it been for you? Exactly. So right, our Amazon sales were really high for a while and they've come back down to earth. However, they are higher than they were. And even our in-store sales that went really high during COVID, we did still see that post-COVID lift. So we gained a lot of consumers during that time. And we had a lot of people that wrote us emails and sent us messages online and on our social media that said, hey, I just found you because maybe you were the only one that I could find at that time or I had just decided to brand branch out and try a natural product. And so we are so happy that we were able to get a lot of trial. Um, I mean, you can't really even pay for that kind of marketing, right? The amount of trial and awareness that we were able to garner. So that was really awesome. And we ended up getting a lot of customers that wanted to stick with us. So we did see a lift in our sales, which has been great. And we've had steady growth ever since. And before that, we've just always kind of had steady growth Currently, we've been doing really well. Last year, we had another really big year, and we've just struggled with some manufacturing. About summer of last year, so that was summer of 2022 there was a shortage on the inner safety seal that is inside the jar lid of your peanut butter. It actually comes inside the jar lid. When we order lids, it comes with the seal and then it gets screwed on and that's how the glue adheses to the jar. But the seal was having a problem. Well, there was just a shortage on, I think the foil. So we had a really hard time finding lids. We have always had a, what we call just our signature gold color lid for our jars. And we were unable to source these signature gold colored lids that were American made. And we've only been buying American made products and we support only American U.S. peanut farmers. And we feel really proud about that. So we could have gone to other countries and tried to import some lids quickly and probably at a decent price. But we decided instead of doing that to see if there was another option that was from one of the U.S.-based manufacturers. And we found multiple options of lids. They just weren't our signature gold color. They were already different colors. So we decided that we would just kind of go back to our core values. And we said, hey, our whole mission here is just to provide a good product and try and be accessible so who cares what color the lid is, right? Like our customers still want Crazy Richards. So we ended up buying a couple different colored lids. We had kind of a rainbow going on for a while. We had some really weird brown and whites and some blues and some bright reds, and we just didn't even care. So we just went back out there with the messaging on social media and our you know email blasts and just trying to share with our customers, hey, this is the same product that it's always been. The lid color is different, but Nothing inside is different. And that way we were able to kind of keep up with our orders, but that was a learning curve. And actually, you know, we had quite a few customers that would call us that were concerned. Hey, I'm worried. Did somebody steal your lid and replace it with a different one? You know, has this been tampered with? I'm just nervous. I've been a longtime customer, and and I don't know what to expect. So there was that learning curve that we had to kind of go back and reassure customers. There was nothing wrong with the product; it hadn't been tampered with. That it was actually, in fact, us that had sent the jars in with the bright red lids. So that was an interesting kind of ordeal, but we've worked through that, and hopefully, we're now just seeing gold, our signature gold, lids back on the shelves.
1: That's so interesting. I think. For people who are listening to this podcast, because I think you have this idea, you're going to found a brand and you're going to be all about the important things like getting the word out and making sure you talk to customers. And then you have these kinds of issues that come up that are you know, things you never, ever think you're going to have to deal with that you actually have to deal with every single day. I think that's an interesting thing because the things you wind up dealing with are not necessarily the things you thought you were going to deal with as a founder, Mm -hmm. as a
0: leader of a brand and CPG. Well, another complication that we've had just this month is our Instagram account was hacked. And that has been the most time-consuming headache. And like you said, that was something as this owner of a company that I didn't actually anticipate, obviously. I didn't set aside time to worry about this Instagram account, but it was pervasive. And since someone had hacked into our account from Croatia and we're trying to access our Facebook meta business account and get to our credit card and run secret ads, and it ended up being a huge headache and we spent a lot of time really troubleshooting now the learning part of this is we went back and we've realized that we were just using a couple passwords that we were sharing amongst multiple platforms that one of them had been in some kind of security data breach. And it was a small platform, some kind of plugin that I hadn't even thought about in years. And since that password had been in a security breach and we had cycled back through to that one password, somebody had been able to hack into our account. So we spent a lot of time as a team going back through and reassuring and going back through with our security and our IT team, making sure that we could secure everything else in our business and all of these other accounts that we had and creating all these unique passwords to just keep our data and security safe. And that was just another complete time suck that we needed. Or that I wasn't anticipating, but obviously was something we needed to go through and something that we have learned from. And hopefully we're coming out on the other end better and stronger and more secure. Did
1: you have to start a new account? I remember talking to you about this a little bit when we first talked.
0: Yeah. So I'd started a new account initially because I felt like our customers needed somewhere to go and they needed to know what had happened. And the old account was vanished. I couldn't find it anywhere. I eventually found it after about a week, I found the old account and somebody else had control of it. Like I said, someone in Croatia. And so it went back and forth for a while, but I reached out to our customers and I started individually messaging a lot of the people that I could remember, right? Cause you can't, I couldn't look at the other account like, who are all of their followers yeah. and stuff. And so I was trying to think who are the bloggers and the fans that I remember connecting with a lot. And so I started going back through and finding them and messaging them and asking for help. And I just said, does anyone know what to do? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get this account back. Could you help me report this hacker that has taken over my account? And I got some of the best advice from our customers. It was amazing. And a lot of them are bloggers themselves, right? And so they are scared of losing their own account. So I had people send me links to podcasts and different websites to go and read for information. And I ended up having a blogger who is from Michigan, who I've known for years, who we've worked with in the past, who is a family member that actually works at Facebook Meta, who she was able to have put in an internal report for us and like go to bat for Crazy Richards, right? And if I hadn't been proactively reaching out and if I hadn't had this relationship with her, whom I have met years ago, Right, then I wouldn't have gotten that connection. And so I think it was probably because of her internal reporting mm-hmm. That's that amazing. my account back. You feel so lucky
1: right. because you I'm sure you figured out early on that you were not getting help from Instagram and Facebook, no. right? No. no, help from them, none at all. Surprising no, at there was all. No okay. one, yeah. So you, there's no one to call. No, there's which is, is not. really, really staggering when you think about the amount of time and energy that most brands put into those platforms, it's still very, very hard from a customer service perspective to make anything happen. That's kind of a bummer. I think the platforms have changed also. Yeah. I mean, as I'm sure, you know, marketing is just harder there than it ever has been before. So
0: yeah. Right. Well, I was at peace with it. I thought, okay, if this account never comes back to me, we're meant to go in a different direction. And that's okay. And I feel like once I had just kind of relinquished that, I thought, as long as I can make sure, because the time that was spent was not necessarily trying to get this account back, it was to make sure everything else was secure in our company, right? And that obviously is a good business practice for anyone, but I really was at peace with, okay, if this doesn't work out, we'll go in a different direction. And like you said, marketing is changing so quickly. Every five uh, seconds, right? Right. Right. Every <laughs> five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Go, it is. Yeah.
1: What about now? What? So tell me where you want this brand to be in three
0: years, five years, and and what's your path? great question. So for Crazy Richards right now, I feel like we have done a great job of maintaining the status quo of our natural, amazing, delicious peanut butter that people have depended on for so many years through thick and thin, right? Through all of the different exciting flavored peanut butters and all the crazy things that come out, people always come back to Crazy Richards, always. And I'm totally happy. I say, I feel like we're the wife, right? Like you're going to marry Crazy Richards or we're the husband, I guess. You're going to marry crazy Richards and you might, you know, have date a lot of other people, but you're going to always come back to us. We're your, like your lifelong relationship. And I love that. But I think that right now we have so many fun ideas of different products that we want to innovate. We know that in order for us to stay relevant, that wow. we need to be innovative and come out with some new stuff. I love peanut butter with my whole heart and soul and so I really want all of our products to have some kind of peanut butter base or a peanut butter component. I just think peanuts in general have a great story to tell. I love telling the story. I'm a US peanut ambassador like I mentioned with the National Peanut Board and I just love the US peanut farmers. There's some amazing people and families that are in farming and in agriculture right here in America and I just love being able to support them. So that is a goal of mine is to launch by the end of this year, a couple new products. And we have some that are pretty close and we're excited about sharing and spreading more crazy peanut butter love.
1: That's amazing. So you've been doing this for a while. I'm not, I mean, even before you took over the company, you were involved. So talk about, I like to ask people for advice for other people who are either just starting a brand or sort of in the thick of it and, and can't see their way out of it. Like, I love what you said about, I made peace with whatever was going to happen. And then I moved on to a solution, which I think is so important because I think you could get obsessed with little things like that. That That's not a little thing, but with anything, you could get obsessed to the point where you lose sight of the actual big picture in the business.
0: Absolutely. That is the key, right? To running a business is to always go back to what is the overall arching mission? What are the goals? And having measurable annual goals, goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals, and then you work your way back. If you have start with the big picture in mind and then go backwards to, okay, in order for me to accomplish these big yearly goals, I have to break it down all the way to what are my weekly and daily goals? What yeah. are the things I need to be doing to accomplish the long-term goals? Because it's so easy as a business owner to spend all of your time putting out fires because there are fires every day and they are small and they seem like they need all of your attention. But in reality, you've got to keep your eye on the ball with the bigger goals or you'll never get there. You'll just spend all of your, your whole year just putting out little fires here and there and they just seem really big. So I think that would probably be the biggest thing of advice is to make sure that that is clearly defined and that your goals align with your values and your mission as a company. And then it will not feel like work. It'll feel like something you're happy to do and it'll make sense and it will be invigorating I think the other thing is that we as an industry, the natural foods industry is changing so much. Mm -hmm. And it's always, we always have to be learning. Everyone has to be learning all the time. And you can get really siloed in what you're doing and thinking that your way is the only way. Yes. One of our core values at Crazy Richards is a statement and it is, is there a better way? And we have to ask that question to ourselves and each other all the time. Is there really a better way to do this? Can we be nimble enough and quick enough to change and alter? Because like I said earlier, as I was talking about our conversation, with the retailers, we have to be ready to change and meet their demands. And we have to constantly be thinking outside the box. Is there a better way to service them? Is there a better way to service our customers and to meet them where they are and make sure that they are educated in the way that they want to be and that we're fulfilling their needs?
1: Yeah, I think that's really important too, because I think thinking about the, I mean, it's always really important to think about your customer, your end consumer, Because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are going to help you scale your brand, right? It's not going to be. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. What about scaling? So have you guys raised capital? Is that something that's in your future? Have you been able to self-fund?
0: Yeah, we are self-funded. We have not ever had to raise capital, which were very unique in that we have been a profitable company from the beginning, which is amazing and crazy, all the things, but we run a very lean organization and we still do. And nobody here is a millionaire. Like we're not paying ourselves the big bucks, and we're passing that right on to our consumer, right? Like we're giving our consumers an affordable product because everywhere along the way, we're trying to be strategic in the partners that we work with and making sure that they understand that that is our end goal here and that we have a give back organization, the Healthy Kids Happy Future Project. That is a big part of our heart, right? So if everyone is in alignment with that goal and that vision, then it can work. But I think that, yeah, you're right. If we wanted to scale up and we wanted to take capital, there are plenty of people that would be happy to work with us. And I get a lot of those calls and emails because there are a lot of people that want to lend money to a profitable company, (laughs) which we are right now. Right. We're in the black. And so people are like, oh, yeah, we'd be happy to lend money to you. So I'm not saying that we would never do that. We haven't needed to at this point, which is great, but we lose a little bit of control. If I you... was going to say, how would you feel about that side of it? Mm-hmm. So I think it would have to be the right partner, right? Someone that wouldn't be necessarily dominating and coming in and telling me everything that I had to do and change, but someone that would be helpful in building and would be more of a strategic partner. I just haven't found that one yet, but it might come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you're going to be at Expo. What are your hopes for Expo for you guys? Oh, okay. So at Expo West, I'm going to be there with the National Peanut Board. So I'll be exhibiting our products in amongst all of the other peanut based products. So we are promoting just U.S. peanut farmers in general. So that right there is a win to just be promoting U.S. peanuts and any Mm -hmm. peanut products. Mm -hmm. Peanuts are such a sustainable plant. And I think most people don't even know that, even though sustainability is so trendy right now, but you say that because that's not (laughs) the case with some other nut things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, A couple of the other nuts out there, the tree nuts do not have a good sustainability story, which we sell other tree nut products, but peanuts just have a wonderful, they're a zero waste product. They take very little water. They're amazing. They really are. I know it's an incredible. I don't think a lot of people are talking about that though. It's so
1: interesting that you say that because I don't think people are talking about that. And it feels like such a
0: story for this moment in time. I know. It's true. So there is another organization called the American Peanut Council, and I'm on the Sustainability Task Force. And right now we are aggregating data from the farmers to try and really hit this home because you're absolutely right. This is a story that people don't really know and we aren't talking about. However, peanuts, there is no part of the peanut plant that goes unused. It is all purpose. It's either goes towards animal feed or bedding or Oil. I mean, everything in the whole peanut plant, it's a zero waste product. It's amazing. And it also is good for the environment because it's a nitrogen fixing plant. So it puts nutrients into the ground. Instead of using fertilizer, you plant peanuts and they help fertilize your soil. I mean, it's amazing. amazing. It's incredible. So the plant itself has so many good benefits, health benefits and benefits to the environment. So yeah, it's a good, like you said, this is the right story at this time and age. So we've just got to get out there and share this message. So part of what I'm going to be talking about when I'm with the peanut board is, hey, peanuts are sustainable and they're great Uh source. We should be using them in a lot more products.
1: It's interesting. I'm curious to know... If the whole, I mean, this has been going on for a long, long time, obviously. So maybe it's just old news, but you know, the peanut allergy thing was really a launch pad for a lot of the other kinds of nut butters because peanut butter is good for you. The protein is good for you, but then there was all this allergy stuff and you couldn't bring peanuts to school and blah, blah, blah. Did that hurt your business when those things were happening? And it feels like the sustainability story could be a good counter story to things
0: like that. So I wouldn't say that it hurt. Crazy Richer's business, I would say that it brought a lot more awareness maybe to the whole spreads category, the whole nut butter spreads section of the grocery store. Uh, that whole set expanded significantly where there used to be a lot of jams and jellies and honeys and a small amount of nut butters in a retail store line. And now the amount of jams and jellies is a lot smaller and the nut butter section is huge. So I think that that actually brought a lot more interest and excitement to the category in general, and just more, you know, obviously different variations, but I know that Peanuts, like in shell snacking peanuts, that their sales were very much hurt by the allergies as they were cut out of ballparks and movie theaters and airplanes where they had been a staple for a long time. Mm -hmm. So that was very hurtful in that way. And the peanut farmers are the ones who, years before this really took off, said, Hey, we can see the end from here where we are right now. And we're nervous about this peanut allergy. And how it's getting so much attention and people are getting so scared and they're stopping serving peanuts yeah. places. So we need to be part of this solution instead of just being the problem. And so the peanut farmers are the ones that spent the money on the research, the scientific study that was called the LEAP study, L-E-A-P, learning early about peanuts. Oh, and wow. that study that launched a couple of years ago and was accepted by the American Academy of Pediatrics. That actually proves that if you are introducing peanuts to your infant and toddlers and children at an early age, they call it early and often, then the peanut allergy is so much less likely to ever come up into your life. You will have a much, much less likely chance that you will develop a peanut allergy.
1: Huh, that's so interesting. I wish I, as a frequent traveler, really wish they'd bring peanuts back to planes because I'm not a pretzel person and I miss them. Yeah. I miss them too. I'm sure you you can't miss peanuts. You live with peanuts. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But I would love them
0: on a plane. That's fun to see. Definitely. So what's next for you guys? For Crazy Richards? Yeah. Right now it is innovation. Okay. we got to work on innovation. We have just moved into a new facility. We're just outside of Columbus, Ohio. So we have a brand new, great building. We're so happy about that, that we've got room to grow. We have even extra space on our lot where we can expand and build on to our building, but we have room in-house. So we are in a great place right now in a good space where we can really start to innovate and bring in new products and have some good growth. We've got a great sales force and great brokers and good relationships right now with our retailers. So we're just going to launch these good products and grow.
1: I wanted to ask you one more thing. You mentioned that when your dad had the business, he really didn't have to think about marketing very much because he had two pretty well-established brands. And now you've got competition all over the place, right? New brands yes. popping up constantly. So what do you guys do from a marketing perspective? Is that a thing for you? Or are you still sort of rolling along with the brand awareness you already have?
0: Yeah, it depends on the year. I feel like when we have something new and exciting and a new product Mm -hmm. that we're rolling out, then of course we have to hit it hard and we have to invest in a PR firm and help with marketing and social media. Otherwise, it's kind of business as usual. And we just make sure we've got interesting content and things. I feel like what we're doing in the meantime, when we're not doing a big PR push is we're investing directly with the retailers. And so those are the TPRs and the in-store coupons, the digital coupons. So the stores love those, of course, and the customers love those. So then instead of spending money on marketing and honestly, influencers, they have gotten so expensive that I can't afford them. It's ridiculous. And even small influencers, they're almost worse. So good for them that they can find the large brands that can afford that. But to me, there's just so many of them and they're all so expensive and they all, honestly, I mean, no real offense, but maybe to an influencer, if you're listening, but they are willing to promote any product and they change their mind so quickly. And so they're promoting me today and they're promoting another guy tomorrow. And, you know, there's not that consistency and that's really hard. So I could see that my money is better spent when I am directly giving customers that break. And we've tried a couple of things like, you know, digital coupons through Ibotta or the fetch campaign, or whether it's just straight in store TPRs and those ones, we see the sale lift. So with an influencer, we can't track that because we're sold in stores it's not an influencer with a coupon code to your website. Yeah. We're just having influencers say, oh, I hope that you go buy this product at the store. There's no way for us to track that. We just don't it's really. Interesting. Do.
1: It's interesting. I mean, the creator marketplaces and the influencers, and yeah. it's it's an interesting time. And I'm curious to see what the next year or two brings because it's oversaturated to the point of kind of ridiculousness at this point. Right. So I will be very interested to see what happens with that as well. And I'm glad to hear that you found other ways to get people to try the product. And it sounds like once they try, that's kind of it for you.
0: I think so. I do feel like that's the case unless you don't like natural peanut butter, right? Of if course. You are, and that's okay, right? There are some people who don't like natural and that's and fine. You're just but not their brand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Anything else you want to share? This is so great. I think there's so much good stuff in here. Anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I don't
0: think so. I love peanuts. I love peanut butter. It's a fun business. I think the natural foods industry in general is so fun and welcoming and there's so much excitement and growth and potential, and I am excited for it to just continue to grow and we're making a difference. You know, I feel like when I started maybe going to trade shows 10 years ago, there wasn't very many products at the trade shows, like at Expo West that you would see in the grocery store. There Mm -hmm. just wasn't that many. Right. And now it's almost every other brand is a good brand with a great story and a good mission and clean ingredients. Like we really, as an industry, we are changing the face of retail and it's exciting to be a part of. I think
1: so too. It's also harder for new brands. So, for I mean, sure. you know, 10 years ago, there were a handful of brands and they were the ones who were getting all the press and all the velocities, but now there's just the competition is so crazy. There's yeah. a new brand every five minutes popping That's up. good
0: point. That's a yeah. great
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. That so it's hard. Nice that you have it's something, yes, very daunting. It's nice that you have something so well-established, but it also sounds like you're passionate about it. And I think that's half the battle.
0: Yeah, if you aren't, then yeah, you might as well not even try. right? I agree with that. Yeah, because it's hard. Right. It's going to be hard. You better love yeah. it. Right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been fantastic. I can't wait to get it posted. Great. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm going to look for you at Expo. You can see me. We can chat then. And if you guys, I mean, I'm sure you have loads of people that you work with, but if you ever need any help when you launch products, I mean, that's one of the things I think we're best at. So just from a strategy perspective, we'd love to just chat with you about that at some point.
0: Okay. Well, then I'll call you and we will definitely okay. chat about cool. it
1: and see. Okay. Okay, let's connect after expo, but in the meantime, I will find you there and say hi. And okay, Jay- sure. there. Okay, great. Awesome. Have Thanks. You Bye. Okay. Thank you for listening to The Irresistible Factor. I'm Christy Bridges, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday.